Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now for most of my life, I've worked in the hospitality industry and even more specifically in restaurants. And in the past 15 years of my life, I've been a partner with the Original Joe's Franchise Group here in good old Edmonton, Alberta. And this has been such an incredible experience for me. Honestly, it's been a lifetime worth of learning and living that could have never been taught by any educational institution. And truthfully, it's provided me with the opportunities that I continue to deepen in my career as, as a leader and a coach and an entrepreneur. So if you're listening in and you're in the industry, you know that we have an incredible culture of people, stories, and experiences that don't often get shared with the world. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can peel back some of the veil of our industry. We can peel back some of the layers of that onion, so to speak, so that the people we love that aren't necessarily a part of this industry can start to learn and see why we all love it so much. Now, this industry is all about people. It's about connection and it's about love. And if you don't love the word love, that's totally okay. Maybe interject the word care, but it truly is about connecting. Now, we have a saying in our organization, and it's that People make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for so many years. And now I have this incredible opportunity to share some of the amazing stories of our industry with the world, with all of you, our listeners. It's my hope that these stories will warm your heart. Uh, They might make you laugh. And they might even be stories that make you cringe or think a little or change the way you see things. It's my mission to help all of you see how incredible hospitality people are and how committed they are to taking care of each other and other people. So without any further delay, let's dive into this week's podcast. All right, welcome everybody to uh, another episode of Discovering Hospitality podcast, a podcast all about the hospitality industry and the beautiful people in it. This is Allie Stone. I am your host and I am honored and excited to have the most beautiful guest here today with me, Miss Kayla Wood. Hi, Kayla. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? (laughs) Good. Um, She's doing her first podcast today, so this is going to be really exciting for us to do together. I love Kayla so much. She has been, oh, how long have we known each other now? It feels like it's been a while. I'd say six, maybe seven years. Oh, yeah. Quite a while. Six for sure. So uh, we've had lots of actually really cool adventures together. So I'm excited to see where this conversation goes today. So thank you for being my guest. I'm, I'm very grateful. Thanks for being here with me. Okay. I usually like to start these off with you just sharing with the listeners a little bit about yourself. So, you know, kind of maybe your journey through hospitality, how you ended up here in front of me today, (laughs) what brought you down this road, whatever you think is pertinent to share. Do you want to share a little bit of your history with 
with the listeners? Okay, where do I start here? I guess uh, hospitality industry has always kind of been in my life. Um, As a kid growing up, my mom was in the service industry forever um to the point that like instead of having a babysitter for me when I was young I'd kind of just go sit at the restaurant and like a little booth at the back and hang out so like I I got to know the industry pretty well pretty young (laughs) um yeah so like I'd have you know their servers and their managers and their kitchen staff and everybody come hang out with me and I got a chance to you know build that kind of work family with people at a really young age and see what that was like and I fell so in love with it that way because <laughs> these people were like extended family to me at that point um totally so yeah years and years of watching my mom in the industry and seeing that and then yeah as soon as I was 18 I was like you know what I'm gonna find like a, a pub job because I kind of wanted the casual comfortable fun setting I guess um first place I picked terrible idea never oh gosh I think I worked four shifts at this place it was a disaster but <laughs> it was a start. <laughs> um, so that led me into a couple other places and, you know, probably spent two or I want to say two or three years kind of bouncing around a couple of restaurants, nothing too crazy. Um, and then eventually the state main at Southgate was opening up and that was brand new. And it was like, okay, well, I live right by here, something new in the area. Let's check it out. And that was, yeah, you know, six and a half, seven years ago. I know it was like end of August, beginning of October, which is why I think it's seven years now. Wow. was my mind. <laughs> so yeah, hospitality industry for 10 years now. Um, and how I got here with you today, geez. <laughs> Somewhere in the midst of all of that, I don't know. I met you, we clicked, we became friends. <laughs> it's been um, a great adventure. <laughs> excellent yeah there's been some really awesome things going on and that have happened and yeah yeah I think that's cool um you're talking about you know those first couple experiences and bouncing around restaurants I just want to say I think we've all had those (laughs) looking for looking for our forever homes in the hospitality industry for sure Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) pretty wild experiences myself a couple like I remember starting one place like I try not to put these names out, but I, I literally did one training shift and I was like, no. What do you think it is that has kept you in the hospitality industry all this time? What's kept you wanting to be a part of it? I Honestly, I think the biggest part of it comes down to the people. And that's not just necessarily the people that are working there, but a lot of the people that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know me, but for anybody that's listening that doesn't, I am like social butterfly. I am all about talking to people and having conversations. And like, you get such an opportunity to really get to know people. Like I've made so many friends just from serving them now that are, you know, that I met years ago that are still friends of mine to this day, or like regulars that I served a couple times that came back because they just liked talking to me and we literally became friends and now have hung out outside of that building as well so it's a big part of it is that that social aspect getting to know people because everybody really does you know everybody has their own story and you get the opportunity to get to sit down with people maybe not if it's that busy obviously but (laughs) you get to really know people and if you want to invest in that time and get to know people just yeah sure by serving them food and drinks it's quite possible which I think is incredible I think that's so cool I remember in the early 
uh, years of me knowing you, watching you serve in Southgate, I used to have a lot of like meetings and be hanging around there with Hadley and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knew you. Like, if I was in the front door, if I was helping that day, like, can we sit in Kayla's section? I was like, she has no more tables, man. <laughs> and then really nice. I know it was so cute. And then you'd still find a way to like swing back around and say hi. Well, <laughs> I thought it was so awesome. You had such a cool following at that store. And um, yeah, I just thought, I thought you were really one of the places, people that made that store so incredibly beautiful. What's something about the hospitality industry that just drives you like mad, like mental? Uh, That's so. <laughs> I think I think the best part about the way that just started is what I'm about to say actually doesn't relate to why that first experience was so terrible. I think there's a lack of understanding in this industry from a lot of the outside perspective. So, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, people can be really understanding, but I think there's almost like an exceptionally high expectation that people have where, you know, we're supposed to be perfect. I mean, pretty recently, like I had this guy go off on a tangent to me about like how in the world we charge so much money for a bowl of mac and cheese. He was like, this is basically craft dinner. He was like angry about it. He was so mad at me. And I'm like, it got to a point where I was like, yeah, you know, we like, we do use like better products. It's not just like a boxed thing. Like they actually make it from scratch and I'm trying to explain it and he's just not having it. And it's, uh, it gets to a point where sometimes where people are expecting so much from you where you're like, I just don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's so many things that I can explain to you and tell you about. And obviously, you know, try and be as understanding as possible but I feel like there's a lot of like, I want my stuff this quickly. I want my stuff like this. I want my stuff like that. And there is a lot that we can do, but we can't do everything. It's, so, and again, not always, but what is that? Right. Like I've talked about that a few times on this podcast. It's deeper than the Mac and cheese. What yeah. is it in your mind that triggers that in society? Do you have any idea or any sense of what that is? Uh, honestly, I don't think it has anything to do, especially right now. And I'm, you know, since all of this COVID stuff, I'm finding it's becoming more and more prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, you know, when people are reacting to things like that, it has a lot to do with their own internal stuff. Anyways, there's a lot of people have their own triggers and for lack of a better word here, traumas and the weirdest things can set people off. So if I'm being honest, I think that because we're living in a world of such uncertainty and kind of fear I think people are starting to kind of show that in ways that they don't mean to so I mean it's always been there don't get me wrong because no matter what people are dealing with life issues we don't like I said everybody has their own story right Mm -hmm. people are people are always dealing with different things um I think right now it literally as the entire world we're dealing with that much uncertainty and fear and I think that's starting to come out in these little ways where people are their fuses are a lot shorter because they don't really understand what's happening internally within them so they're just kind of frustrated and upset with a lot of things so they're hoping that they can go out and you know maybe have something that they were used to prior to all of this where it's just going to go out it's going to feel normal it's going to feel like it used to and if the slightest thing is different 
that sets off that fear. I like the way you're describing the short fuse. I haven't actually like used that terminology and it's true, right? So when we're living in a a place of fear and uncertainty, it's all of our patience is so much less, right? Like we just don't have the capacity unless we're doing the work ourselves to work on that. And the sense of normal, (laughs) there is no normal anymore, right? Like that got blown out the window a long time ago. And and if you are still looking for normal, you're going to be disappointed. But I mean, I had things transpire in my life even before COVID that told me that there was never going to be normal anyway, but oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's okay. I, in some ways, I kind of think I was lucky you know, and when all this happened, I was a little more prepared, but, um, I know that you have been on a bit of a personal journey in the last couple of years, for sure. And I'm just wondering what your journey has been through COVID to help you with things like that short fuse and that, um, loss of a sense of normalcy and, and how you're handling it all and what you're doing to take care of yourself. (laughs) this could be a whole separate podcast in itself. All right, let me prepare myself here. (laughs) Um, Okay. I mean, I'm going to start out by saying like it, it hasn't been, you know, cut and dry. Like this hasn't been an easy process even for myself. Um, When COVID kind of hit, everything was very, it was very scary. And I'm not going to sit here and try and hide the fact that, you know, I, I had my highs and my lows and I had days where I was like, I'm going to cook everything. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to work out at home. I feel amazing. Like, let's go for a walk. I don't know. And then other days where I'm just sitting there, hair in a bun, like in pajamas, haven't showered, just crying. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. It's and everything in between. Right. So I started really digging into myself internally and just kind of thinking about what's referred to as triggers. Right. So Mm -hmm okay, what, what was said that made me react this way? Okay. This, why did it make me react that way? Okay. Well, maybe it's to do with this, but if I start thinking deeper and deeper, it stems back to this other issue from truthfully my childhood. And then you just kind of start working with that. So it initially started with paying attention to my triggers. And again, what I call, well, what people call trauma, um, which, you know, as you know, doesn't have to be a big thing. Like trauma can be Yes. Very small things, but it's something that affects you in a certain way that changes kind of your thinking pattern or your reaction patterns. Um, And as soon as I started kind of realizing all this stuff, I really started digging into a bunch of podcasts. So I just started listening to different things. And a lot of them were other interviews, kind of like these. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Amy Rushworth and Christine Hassler. And I don't know if you listen to those two girls, but man, their podcasts have changed my life. <laughs> They've really just made me start thinking about things differently through other people's stories, right? Um so it's just been kind of months and months of me diving into myself and now it's getting to a point where if I start feeling something like say I start getting anxiety because it's not like I have some kind of anxiety syndrome or disorder per se. Um but I, I tend to get anxiety pretty easily, but now I've started paying attention when I feel that way, you know, what's, what's making me feel this way. And, you know, say it's 
I don't know, say it's a conversation that you had with somebody that just like made you feel really un- like uneasy. Yeah. And not in like a harmful way, but in just like a, wow, that really just set me off and changed my mood. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, what about what they said did that? And then, you know, you start really kind of diving into that. Okay. Well, A, B and C. And then you start to, again, take that back as far as you can, where it's, again, most of the time it goes back pretty far and it's like, okay, well, I was dealing with this thing at that time and I never really dealt with it. So now I have this immediate reaction to these things that aren't necessarily the actual problem. Mm -hmm. I think you hit on something really important there that I just want to reiterate in this podcast, because I think so many of us struggle with this, but no trauma is, if, if something has created trauma in your life, there is no trauma that it's too small to not pay attention to it. Yes. And your trauma and my trauma and everybody else's trauma, it's our own. And when we spend our time comparing to other people, we discount the experiences that we're having in our lives. And I think that's when we get lost in the anxiety and the depression and the comparison. And, you know, um, so I think that's really important (laughs) what you're saying right now. And I think um, if more of us could spend time recognizing just what we're going through and what we're experiencing, we would be able to do what you're doing, which is finding ways to move through it. Because I'm, I'll make the assumption, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll make the assumption to say that you're moving through some of these traumas, right? And it's probably getting better for you as you continue to, to work on those things, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that, like, and I mean, you hear people, I guess, kind of say this all the time when you start listening to a lot of that kind of work or paying attention to that kind of work, like you never really stop growing in it. It's not like you completely conquer something and then that's it. It's kind of like, all right, now I've kind of worked through this, but it still takes effort for when those residual things come up to, you know, recognize that you're about to respond that way or that you are responding that way. And then, you know, other things will happen and it'll be like, oh, okay, maybe this is something else I should pay attention to. So it's just kind of an ongoing process that I don't think ever ends, Mm -hmm. but it progressively gets better and easier. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think we also, this is another thought I'm having as you're saying this too, which is very interesting. Sometimes we experience trauma, but then we discount it and pretend like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. as you were talking, one of the things that came to my mind and just, I don't know why this came to my mind right now, but, um, the year the Boston bombings happened at the marathon. So Chris and I were there Chris was running the marathon and he ran the marathon in like two hours and 35 minutes and the bombs didn't go off till two hours and 45 minutes. So cross the finish line or whatever. Right. Like he was like, and so we kept saying things like it's okay. He was fast. He got across the finish line. And, um, it wasn't until a couple days later that I realized where I was standing waiting for Chris was where the second bomb went off in front of Abe and Louise. And so I was standing with all of these women 
these other American women and it was a bunch of uh, military wives and they were waiting for their husbands. And I had this great morning with them and we connected and, uh, you know, I remember walking away when Chris ran past and they were all cheering for him with me. And like, we had this like really great moment Aww. and they were like, and I walked away and I was kind of sad that I wouldn't see them again. Right. Cause I had really connected with them. Mm-hmm. And then obviously all this happened and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, all I could think was what happened to these ladies. And, you know, it was interesting because I, I didn't really use Facebook at the time. One of them found me and messaged me like six months later and said, you know, I just want to let you know that like, we were all okay. And, oh, that's so nice. It was incredible. And I felt like there was just by her sending me this message this weight was released that I didn't even realize that I was carrying, (laughs) you know, and I still, and so obviously I've been back to Boston many years since then. And Mm -hmm. uh, went went back the very next year and Boston's a really special place for Chris and I in the marathon, but um, I had, so the second year I went back, I had a really hard time going back to stand there. And I remember walking down Newberry street and turning the corner and kind of stopping and being like, Ooh, like, and it just all kind of hit me. Right. And so you kind of, you know, you just kind of go on and pretend like it's not that big of a deal, but then something happens. Right. And it all kind of comes back up. And it's like, we get caught up in this thing where we want to be so grateful for what we do have and the fact that we're okay. And we kind of forget as human beings that, you know, we, we do have feelings and we do have emotions and we do go through these traumas. And like, that's a pretty big trauma to go through, even though you're okay. <laughs> and like, it's, we, it's almost like we try and push them aside because again, we're trying to focus on the, on the good, which isn't a bad thing. Yes. It's great to, you know, focus on, okay. Yeah. These great things are happening. I feel amazing. I'm alive that this, this and that, but we still have to take moments to allow ourselves to really feel that. And if that means crying and breaking down, that means crying and breaking down. If it means being angry, so be it. And again, something that I've kind of learned through a lot of these other podcasts I've listened to is, you know, there's going to be times where those emotions come up where you can't deal with them at the moment. And you kind of just have to set a date with yourself. So it's like, you know, for us in our industry, it's like, well, say we're in the middle of crashing and we have, you know, 15 tables and somebody says something that sets off a trigger in us and all we want to do is cry. And it's like, okay, sometimes easier to do, like easier said than done a lot of the time, actually, but it's like, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm not going to disregard my feeling. I'm not going to forget I'm feeling this, but I don't have time right now to deal with it. So I'm going to just kind of put this on this little side burner And, you know, I'm, when I go home tonight and I put on my PJs and I crawl into bed, I'm going to give myself some time to deal with it. So you set that date with yourself. You set a time, you set a place and it's like, okay, now that I'm away from all of this and I don't have to be in, you know, 20 places at once. Now I can take the time to actually deal with this instead of just pushing it off to the side, because that's how we really build up those traumas and triggers too, right? Mm -hmm. Too much of that is where we start to, like you said before, we kind of start to lose ourselves because we're, we're building this up within ourselves instead of actually dealing with it 
the word that's coming up intuitively for me as you're saying that is acceptance, right? Like self-acceptance. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe I can't deal with this right now, but I, I know that that's something I need to deal with. And I actually think, um, that's a really beautiful example of self-care and like self-compassion too. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And man, could the world use a lot more of that right now? Hey, yeah, man, (laughs) I think we're, uh, we're all very much trying to do that. We're all really trying to pretend we're okay and bury the fact that we're dealing with these struggles and these again uncertainties and fears and everyone's kind of like okay you know we just we're going to get through it we're going to make it through it and yes again good thoughts to have but I genuinely hope that people will start to really take that time for themselves and allow themselves to just not not be okay because truthfully most of us part of us right now isn't okay Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm getting real emotional. Oh God. (laughs) These are the conversations we have over coffee though. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's like, let's pull it back to the podcast then. So how do we relate this? So all, this is an amazing conversation we're having. How does it relate to us in the hospitality industry? And why is this so relevant for us right now? I think, I think compassion and empathy are immediately the two things that come to mind, both between people that are working in the service industry and people that are coming into it. Mm. Um, Because again, that, that connection that I was talking about before, where, you know, you get to really know people um part of that is you know giving people the space to talk about whatever they're dealing with or feel whatever they're dealing with so i think we all need to have a little a little more compassion and empathy towards each other as opposed to just thinking wow that person's being like so rude or kind of like i was saying before like they just don't understand no matter how many times i explain it it's most of the time, you know, it's because somebody's dealing with their own things. So I think we all just need to, you know, maybe take a step back and even with our apologies, you know, for whatever it might be saying things along the lines of, you know, not necessarily I understand unless you really do understand their situation, but even just to acknowledge whatever it is that they're like really acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Like not just, Oh, not just like, Oh yeah, sorry about that, but you know, like really just kind of feeling that, like being so genuine because you know that if you were upset and dealing with this seemingly minor thing, that you'd probably be a little more rattled than usual too. Yeah. What is what does empathy mean to you? Ha, huh, I love this one. <laughs> Um, it's great because I've actually said this before and I've kind of been saying it for years. It's, it's really a matter of actually, you know what? I think my wording of it's maybe changed now. I used to always say it's putting yourself in other people's shoes, um, which to an extent it definitely is. Um, but I think a lot of empathy is also, kind of like I was just saying, listening to understand, not listening to hear, but listening to really understand and almost feel what the other person is telling you, saying to you. It's 
really, really understanding what they're they're going through or they're trying to tell you about or explain to you. How does that tie into the culture in our organization? I mean, I think that's something that, you know, this company has really put a lot of emphasis on is, I mean, we talk about empathy a lot within this company, which I think is really awesome. Um, and I, I'm, maybe I'll just use the example right now of the fact that we do have, you know, a lot of regulars and a lot of what brings those people back is again, yes, that connection, but the sense that they can talk to us like we're friends, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not just bringing them what they need and doing it in a certain amount of time, a certain way where as a company, we're really set on, you know, wanting to be able to connect with these people in a way that they feel like they can trust us, not just again with their food or drinks, but as people. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you're like giving me a little aha as you're saying that, because I don't, <laughs> I don't think of them as regulars. I think of them as my friends. Yeah. So a line got crossed somewhere for me. They're not customers. Yeah. Like I, I care about these people. I care about their lives just like I care about all of yours, right? Like, and yeah. for a lot of organizations, it's like, yeah, the people in the organization, but there's something really special about our regulars too. Yeah. And always has been, you know, the at least the ones that I've connected with. Yeah, and I've totally I've loved them all for different reasons and in different ways. <laughs> but um I think that has been such a cool part of the experience for me in hospitality. Yeah. You know, you kind of started out by saying that too. And uh that's funny. I don't know that I've ever really like talked about that on here, but um I loved that. I love the days in Terwilliger. I love the days with Rob and Gord and, and, you know, everybody, right? Like, it was just so yeah. great. Todd and Stacy and Kendall. Like, it was the best times yeah. for me. I remember I used to, I, even once I was a GM and I was trying not to, like, bartend and serve anymore, I would still bartend on Saturday mornings because I loved it so much. Like, everybody would come in and have breakfast and watch football and we would, like, laugh all day and... Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible, right? And um, you don't get that everywhere, you know? No, no. So. and I think, I think that's something that our company has done really well. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, like I said earlier, we're not all perfect. We People have their off days. We have our off days too. Yep. But as a whole, we've done a really, really great job, I think, of making that such an importance and such a prominent thing for the people that are brought within the company and the people that really stick around, I think genuinely care about that too. Whether they can sit there and tell you exactly that in words or not, I think something within everyone is really, really there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's okay. Cause I actually use the word love a lot and yeah. love, is, love is a feeling. And as long as they're feeling that love and we're feeling that love, then I'm okay with that. You don't have to articulate it, you know, like, it's a sense, it's a feeling you get when you walk into one of our rooms and you connect with, you know, our family and you become part of that family. I think that's a really special experience on both yeah. ends. So, so that, I think that's a great time to talk about people make the world beautiful. Hey, what do you think? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so I was saying before we got onto this and started the actual live recording that I've really struggled to kind of pinpoint, you know, one like big aha kind of moment. Um, but there's been so many little things. This, uh, the, the first one that really comes to mind right now was actually at a different place and it was just something I kind of got to experience. Um, it was another restaurant though, there was a lady um, little bit older, had a walker, very sweet. She comes into this place kind of by herself and she asks about specials and just wants to get some like, basically like happy hour food to go, which at this place is okay. And I kid you not, like this woman's bill has got to be $4. Like it's, it's cheap. <laughs> She's so cute. And there's some regulars sitting in this place and they like flag the server over and they're like, hey, don't let her pay. Like we're gonna, we're gonna pay for whatever she wants. And the server's kind of like, oh, uh, she's literally just getting like a couple happy hour things. Like her bill's less than five bucks. And they're like, oh, that's so sweet. They're like, maybe see if she wants to get like, like get a drink or something. And I guess like this lady, like when she first came in was like, oh no, like I don't want to drink. Maybe just like a hot water or something while I'm waiting. Like so sweet. Um, So Needless to say, these ladies decide to, you know, pay for her little bill yeah. and she asks for her bill and her server is like, <laughs> her server is like, you actually don't have a bill, hun. Like somebody else offered to pay for it for you. And she just gets like this warm smile on her face and gets the cute little head tilt. And she's like, that's really sweet. And she's holding a $5 bill. She's like, that's really nice of them. That's so kind. Well, and she like puts the $5 bill on the counter and I'm thinking, okay, like she's gonna give this to the server and say, this is for you. And she's like, well, maybe you can just pay this forward to somebody else today that you think could use it. That, you know, just really makes you smile. And it was like, oh, oh <laughs> and it's like the smallest thing, but it's just like somebody wanted to, you know, take care of her. And then she really <laughs> wanted somebody else to feel taken care of. And it's little things like that. And it's just, I thought, oh my God, I was emotional about it all day. <laughs> yeah, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. I love that. Even, um, again, one of the, I guess, kind of the biggest things, and this is, you know, kind of COVID related, I guess, but like, it's been really, really beautiful to watch people kind of come together over the last few months, in a sense, like in the supportive aspect, where you know, people are doing these grocery runs for other people and people that are well are really stepping up and being like, hey, how can I help? Like, I've seen random ads everywhere where it's like, hey, if anybody, you know, is stuck in quarantine or isolation and really needs a grocery run or doesn't have somebody or needs this or that, like, people have really, really been there and offered to help out whoever they can, whether they know them or not. Like, yes, you see it a lot with friends and family, which in itself is beautiful, but even just strangers being like, hey, I can drop these off for you. And then like, that gives the person then the opportunity to, you know, sanitize all their stuff and then just do whatever they need to do. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, that's one really cool thing that's come out of all of this COVID stuff. It's really highlighted the beauty in people for sure. And allowed them to like express that a little bit as you're talking, I'm like, it's funny. I don't know why you're triggering a whole bunch of memories for me today, but Yay. <laughs> like, I've had so many people make the world beautiful moments with you. So I remember when the ALS ice bucket challenge <laughs> happened 
And Chris decided that all of us on the area team were going to do it. And you were like, I am dumping the bucket on you. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yes. Oh you man, having it any other way, and I was like, I don't, know. I don't know why. <laughs> Sheer love, I promise. <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, like you were a part of that, and then I remember the first year with Pride, maybe even both years, three years we do Pride. I don't remember. Anyway, the first um, year I remember was when we were out on the patio at Varsity. Yes, and you were doing all the makeup with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Most people wouldn't do that, Kayla. <laughs> and you were like totally out there with me helping me put eyelashes on everybody. And like, I thought that was a normal thing. <laughs> and then I remember being on the patio at Southgate and you doing the same thing, actually. Yeah. And yeah. And then run for the lung. You didn't yeah. run. And you joined Run Club. And we were both like bent over dying and like running across these bridges around the city. And so it was so fun. You just, you just joined and you just opened your heart to like all of these like cool things and you're a part of it. So I actually would, um, take a moment to recognize that you're a people make the world beautiful story today too. So, so there you go. You've done some incredible things to change the way people, people see the world. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Oh, thanks. (laughs) You are a beautiful soul. Um, So every time I do one of these podcasts, I'll let you gather yourself. I'll talk for a minute. Every time I do one of these podcasts, (laughs) I like to do like a little lightning round. Um, So it's like just a couple questions. They're meant to be like quick fire answers. Um, Sorry, you ready? You don't get to know these questions. (laughs) All right, let's do this. I'm in. <laughs> if you had to move out of Canada tomorrow and you could go live anywhere in the world, what country would you move to and why? What country? Yeah. Probably Europe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where in Europe, and I know Europe's not the country, but somewhere in Europe. <laughs> I could see Europe uh, working for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I love all the old buildings and the architecture out there and like these outdoor markets with cobblestone walkways and I've like I've been to a few different places in Europe which is why I'm kind of like I don't know where I would pinpoint there per se um it's very beautiful in so many different aspects and this (laughs) I'm obviously a little bit of a weirdo in my stylistic sense (laughs) um but a lot of the stuff that like I find myself really you know comfortable in and the styles that I love both you know physically and just kind of in the world there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, very much resonate with me. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. I feel like the first time I got off a plane <clears throat> in Europe, I was like, oh, I'm in a whole new world. It was awesome. I think, uh, yeah, my first, my first trip to Europe was Paris. And I spent a week in Paris with Chris and I was like enamored. If you could dare yourself to do anything, in the world, what would you do? Dare myself to do anything in the world. Yeah. Probably jump out of a plane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. If, if, if it ever happens, which by the way, those chances are very slim. <laughs> it, it's got to be somewhere over like, you know, tropical trees and beautiful, mm. bright blue water and 
like the view has got to be absolutely outstanding for me to do that because I am absolutely terrified of that idea. <laughs> so you're not going to do it over the farmland prairies is what you're Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want just the thrill. I want the view. Like I want to know that, you know, if I'm jumping out of a plane and if something happens and I die, I've got the most beautiful sight in front of me. Like then I'm good. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I could go down like that too. Um, this one's a bit of a thinker. So we'll see what you, what comes out of this. Boy. <laughs> do you need to see things before you believe them no okay so not that much of a thinker for you no no I a lot of again that kind of self-work that I've done is very I've done a lot of spiritual type work and I don't I don't mean like religious type work but I'm all about you know crystals and saging and manifesting and I I believe a lot in intuition so I think that you can genuinely have a feeling about something like a very real feeling and you can know before something happens or is in front of you. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And this one I always ask. So if you listen, you know, you're getting it, but what are you grateful for today? Wow. Uh, Today specifically, holy crap. You have no idea how big this list is. (laughs) That's a good Um, thing. I... I had a great sleep. I woke up and it was clear blue sky and the sun was shining. So every single color outside in the world looked just like it was rich and vibrant and beautiful. I, I'm very grateful for having a COVID test come back negative. That was really relieving. (laughs) Um, Oh, the list right now, Allie, it's endless. I, I'm grateful for the friends that I have that have been you know, talking to me and listening to me and being supportive over anything and everything I've gone through. I, I'm grateful for this. This is a lot of fun, like getting to sit here and do this. And again, we haven't, like, I haven't seen you in forever. So we're getting to have this really cool chat and, you know, I mean, we're always like, you and I are always like this anyways, but it's not a surface level conversation. It's very deep, meaningful, like, let's get into each other's souls kind of conversation. Totally. Yeah. I um, yeah. I'm so grateful for the people in my life, the ups and downs that I've had, the, the opportunity I've had to really, you know, recognize those triggers and traumas. Like, yeah, they suck, but I'm grateful for them because they've helped me realize so much about myself. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to do that and to feel those feelings and work with those feelings and be able to share that with other people and I love that the gratitude is like radiating off of you (laughs) (laughs) there's so much of it (laughs) (laughs) so in closing is there a message you'd like to leave or anything you'd like to say to the listeners I hope that you know people do take the time to learn about themselves and you know, to maybe try and start paying attention to those little things. Like we need to have compassion and empathy for other people, but we also need to have compassion and empathy towards ourselves. We need to really, you know, pay attention to what's going on within ourselves, especially during times like right now. I think the more that people do that, every single area of their life starts to, you know, get a little better. And Again, that doesn't mean we're all going to have perfect days or that everything's going to be happy-go-lucky all the time. But if we take the moments to feel our feelings and to recognize what's bringing them on and where they're coming from, 
we have the opportunity to heal from them. And I think that's going to be so beneficial for a lot of people, especially in times like this, where everybody's feeling, again, that fear and that uncertainty. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being my guest today and uh, sharing your heart on this podcast. Um, I know it's a little nerve wracking. Um, Very nerve wracking. <laughs> I know that what you shared today will inspire people and encourage them to look at the world differently. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you, and to that I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care everyone, and we'll see you then.